Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. It's always so wonderful to speak about the miracles of God and to speak about the great miracles we find in the Old and in the New Testament. And many times I'm quite reluctant to speak about what God has done in my life because I don't want to speak about my life. I want to speak about the miracles in the Bible, but my life is a life of miracles. And I want to speak today about specific miracles that God has done for me while I was on the mission field. And I think this will bless you as I'm speaking about the great miracles that God has done in my life. I just feel I want to speak about it to give glory to God and not to tell you who is John Masbach, but to tell you who God is and who God can be in the life of those that surrender to him and that call upon his name. So call upon the name of the Lord today and give testimony of great miracles that God has done in your life. I want to go to the mighty miracles of God's protection and God's movement on the mission field. 35 years of traveling around the world. A few million miles I've traveled in the airplanes and uh, trains and cars and uh, other means of transportation. It's, I think, more than twice to the moon and back. So it's quite a distance. Well, I'm so thankful that God was always with me. I think it's a miracle. As I left my home, as I traveled on the airplane so high and I would land on the other side of the world, there was not one moment that God was not with me, and he was still at my home as he was with my wife and children, and he was with me in that other nation. So God is always with us, and I'm so thankful as I would sit in the plane and look out of that window, sometimes so many hours just sitting there looking out of the window and just communicating and talking and fellowshipping with the Lord. How wonderful that was. Or as I looked over the clouds and saw the sun coming up or going down, I knew the Lord was with me, carrying me in that plane. Well, I sat beside many people in the plane. I remember one time there was a Hindu priest sitting next to me, and he had a little picture of his Hindu God. And as the pilot gave thrust to those engines, oh, he would take that picture and kiss it and pray, and kiss it and pray, and kiss it and pray. Well, I am so thankful that I knew I could sit there in the rest, knowing that God was with me there, upholding that plane, upholding my life. Oh, I didn't have to resort to some ritual. One time I was sitting next to a Catholic priest. I never saw those beads go so quickly as he was going from one prayer to another, just repeating, repeating those prayers because of fear upon his life. One time, there was a whole group of uh, Buddhist monks on the plane. Well, I'm so thankful that I know that with all those other guards hanging on the wings of that plane, it was the hand of my Lord under that plane, keeping us all in the air. Hallelujah. God is with us. Psalm 125 verse 1 and 2 is just such a reality for me. It says, those who trust in and rely on the Lord with confident expectation are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but remains forever. 
As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. Oh, hallelujah. That verse or those verses, Psalm 125, verse 1 and 2, that is the theme of my life. I rely upon him. I trust upon him. And he is with me. And he upholds me. He is around me. It's not that he brings a wall around me. He himself is the wall that surrounds me. Oh, what a wonderful miracle that is. I remember 16 years old. It was a different time that we are living in today. I was sent to Nigeria with a P.O. Box address. And my father said, go to Nigeria and find these people. I think it was in Ibadan. And he said, go there and prepare a crusade. And I will come a few weeks later and have the crusade with these people that wrote to us. Well, I arrived there, this white-skinned young boy in a time with so much corruption there. And uh, those people, I tell you, they came at me and they saw that I didn't have the experience and it was a fearful time. We were going in the taxi from Lagos to Ibadan and the road was so bad. And suddenly he goes over to the opposite side of the road. I said, hey, what you doing? What you doing? There's traffic coming against us. He said, oh, don't worry. But on this side, the road is better than on the other side. And so I had to learn to trust the Lord at these moments. Well, I came to that address. Well, it wasn't an address, but a post office. And I found these people and they were lovely people. And we set up a crusade together and the Lord blessed it. But I had many frightful moments on that journey. But the Lord was with me. I remember in Nigeria, I believe it was 1990, when there was a coup and uh, we were there, my father and me, just just a few days before the coup took place. And it was so unrestful. You know, the people, they knew that something was about to happen and everybody was trying to get out of the country and we didn't have a ticket. And we were walking on that airport in Lagos going from one counter, from one airline to the other. And every airline said, we're booked full. And this is the last flight. We will not have another flight this week. Well, they are suspended indefinitely. And we were going to another counter and asking. And I was getting so worried because we knew something was about to happen there. And suddenly my father, he went behind and he went into a little hallway and he found an office. I think it was an office of Air France. And there was a man sitting there, and he said, how did you come here? Who allowed you to come back here? And what do you want? And my father had a nice conversation, and they gave us the last two seats on that plane departing. And the next day, I saw on the news how they were shooting around the hotel and the place where we had stayed, and we got out just in time. The Lord just somehow moved us and moved that man's heart and brought it together, orchestrated it, that we could escape there. And it's not nice to be in those nations when things like that happen, especially in those years. I remember I was in Pakistan and uh, we had the first night of our crusade and I came back. It was in Gujaranwala, I believe, a city there. And I put on the old television. The picture was all distorted, but somehow they had CNN on it and it said, 
Breaking news, breaking news. Coup in Pakistan. Coup in Pakistan. And I was sitting right there. And I was with my brother-in-law, Patrick. And I said, what shall we do? He said, what do you want to do? I said, well, there's not much we can do. So we might as well finish the crusade here this week. And we'll see what to do next week. Well, they had suspended all flights. I believe this was on Monday. And they had suspended all flights And so we could not leave at all. So we just finished the crusade. It was a wonderful crusade. And on Friday, it was the last night of the crusade. And the newspaper said, Saturday, British Airways will fly again. And so we said, look at that. The Lord, he just brought everything about. I didn't have to be nervous. I didn't have to run around trying to arrange something. We just finished the crusade. It was a wonderful crusade there in Gujaranwala, and on Saturday we went to the airport and we flew out and everything went about so peacefully and the coup had taken place, but the Lord had his hand upon us. I remember in Umlazi, a, a, a black township in South Africa near Durban, and we had a big tent crusade there. And you need insurance for the tent. There's a lot of Uh, money involved in it, and there's uh, expensive equipment there. So we needed to insure the uh, tent, and we needed to find a company to uh, give protection for the crusade. But the company said, we will only do it if you can guarantee us that nothing will happen. Well, that was funny. We needed them to, to protect us, but they wanted guarantee from us that nothing would happen. But I understand why. Uh, during the crusade, I was preaching in the tent, And my wife was in the little van outside of the tent with our two children who were sleeping inside the little van. And she heard gunshots on the other side of the tent. And it was so unrestful there. But the Lord had his hand upon us and he protected us during that crusade. And many people gave their heart to Jesus during that week of crusade there. I remember in India, We would have a big crusade uh, near Madras or Chennai, as it is called now. And they heard that we were coming there and they brought the gallons, big tanks, big tanks filled with milk. And they poured it out over the ground, over all the field. They were pouring out this milk as a sacrifice to their gods that it would uh, frustrate our plans for the crusade. And so they were worshiping these idols on that same ground that a few days later we would come to have the crusade and preach about Christ. And they had these sacrifices to their gods and there was this darkness and there was this demonic movement. Oh, in one way, these gods, they are statues. But on the other hand, it says when you bow before these statues, it's like bowing down before evil spirits. And there were these evil spirits. Oh, I've so many times on the mission field, I've been surrounded by these demonic forces and by evil spirits and witch doctors. And I remember that time in India, they were sacrificing there, the big event there. But when we came there, oh, we proclaimed that the blood of Jesus was there to cleanse and to break every curse and to break every yoke and to break every darkness. And the Lord gave us a wonderful conference and festival and crusade there. 
and many gave their hearts to Jesus, and many were saved, many were healed, hallelujah, many were delivered, and uh, the Lord had frustrated their plans. Oh, who is God beyond our God? No one even comes near to whom he is. I remember in Congo, so many times we had crusades there in different areas, and there were these witch doctors who came and who sat on the first row, but we preached the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's just as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, it says, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming to you the testimony of God concerning salvation through Christ, I did not come to you with superiority of speech or of wisdom, no lofty words of eloquence or of philosophy as a Greek orator might do. For I made the decision to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in trembling and in weakness and in fear, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest in the wisdom and rhetoric of men, but on the power of God. And so it should always be. And so it should be for all of us that we don't speak with our own wisdom and that we don't come in our own strength, but that we proclaim Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's just what I did. And be it a witch doctor or be it a beggar or be it a businessman, whoever would be sitting or standing there and listening, the word of the Lord through the Holy Spirit pierced their hearts and always God gave fruit and people gave their hearts to him and people received miracles. Oh, I want to give all glory, honor, and praise to him. Let us always give all glory and honor and praise to Jesus. Well, I also thank the Lord for the miracle of giving me three sons who are also three men of God. God called them. He had chosen them, and he has anointed them to also be preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, be it in different ministries and in different ways. But yet they all have that spirit of evangelism. They all have that passion of a pastor. They all have that surrender to the Holy Spirit, and they expect it from him. And I'm so thankful that God has called them and that they have their own born-again experience and that they are also baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that they are moving around the world to be a blessing to the nations. Oh, hallelujah for that. I'm also so thankful for the miracle that my wife and I could be pastors within the ministry of the Yalmasbach World Mission, that we could be pastors for over 30 years of a local church. Well, if you are pastor of a local church, you know you will face all kinds of challenges. And there will be all kinds of times, times on the mountaintop and times that you go through the valley and you cannot escape it. Maybe you are a pastor that says, well, John, we are only on the mountaintop. Well, then you just have not been pastor long enough. If you are pastor long enough, you will also go through the valley. There are ups, there are downs, but the Lord uses all these times to form his church and to cultivate the culture of Christ within us and to 
reshape us and form us into the image of his son. And he brings us from victory to victory. He brings us from one mountaintop to the other mountaintop. Yes, hallelujah, I say amen to that. But don't forget, brother or sister, that to get from one mountaintop to the other mountaintop, you have to go through the valley. So we have gone through the valley, but hallelujah, we have reached the other mountaintop by the grace of the Lord. And that's a miracle for me. And so I'm so thankful for that. I am so thankful how the Lord has used us in our life. And I just want to give glory to him. I want to give glory to him for my birth. I want to give glory to God for making me his child, his son, all through that miracle of the born again experience through the power of the Holy Spirit because of the blood that was shed for us. I thank him for the Holy Spirit that has been deposited in my life. I thank him for his grace upon my life, for forgiving me so many times when I fumbled up and when I failed and when I made a mess of it. But he forgave me and he restored me and he blessed me once again. Oh, he did not cast me aside. He did not throw me away, but he took my life and he restored me again. Oh, hallelujah for that. So many things in my life of protection. So many times when he was with me, guiding me, leading me through the waters with the sandbanks left and right. You didn't know how to steer or where to go, but he was there leading the way, bringing me through, bringing me to the blessed other side through every storm. Oh, I want to give glory to God for the great miracles. And I want to give glory to God for the smaller things, the blessings, even the things that are in abundance. I didn't need them, but yet he gave them to me because he just wanted to bless me with something extra. Oh, he blessed me with the car I needed. He blessed me with the things in my home that I needed. He has always blessed me, oh, with the food on my plate, oh, with a roof over my head, oh, bringing me from one place to another. Oh, many times I didn't even have the money to go, but I went without a penny in my pocket. But the Lord, he took care of me. Oh, and I tell you, in those days, you didn't have credit cards. Yes, I'm not that old. Things just went that fast. It was not so normal that everyone would have a credit card or that you could even use the credit card everywhere within every shop. No, but the Lord was there supplying all the next meal, supplying with transportation, supplying with the finances needed for the crusade or the conference, and the Lord blessed. Oh, I'm just so thankful. And my dear friends, what God has done for me up till now, and I'm not finished yet, and what he will still do for me, he wants to do for you. Lord, I pray for those that are listening and that have listened to these broadcasts about the miracles that you have done in my life, personal miracles, miracles in my ministry, miracles through my life, Lord. And I want to give you all the glory, honor, and praise. And I pray for those that also need miracles today, whatever it might be. It be healing in their body. It be salvation, Lord. It be deliverance of evil things or demonic activity in their life. It be the supply for their next meal or their home or the car that they need, or a new job, Lord. Oh, in the name of Jesus, bless them. Pour out your Holy Spirit in their life. Lord, that calling that is upon their life, that they may fulfill it because you will fulfill it through them and through the power of your Holy Spirit. Anoint them, Lord, 
as they testify about what you have done for them. And Lord, bring about miracles, give fruit in their life. Oh, I thank you that you will bless them and you will bless every part and every aspect of their life. And I thank you for their life, that it will be a life that is a blessing to this world, that is a blessing to your body, the church, that is a blessing, Lord, for this generation. Bless them now in Jesus' mighty name. I pray it, I believe it, and I ask it, and I thank you for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 